Have you ever noticed that some of the best ideas come from unexpected places? Your next breakthrough may come from a leader facing similar challenges, but in a completely different sector. Welcome to Chief Influencer. I'm your host, Anthony Shop. Join us as we explore how today's successful leaders inspire, influence, and connect with others. Chief Influencer is a production of Social Driver and the Communications Board, who have teamed up to spotlight how great leaders and communicators are making their impact in the world. This episode is brought to you by the George Washington University's College of Professional Studies. With in-person and online programs, ranging from master's degrees in public relations strategy to certificate programs in digital communications, GW offers more than just the credentials to help working professionals get ahead. It prepares them to be leaders in their field. As a proud GW graduate myself, I can attest that faculty members combine academic rigor with real-world lessons that can't always be found in textbooks. Check out cps.gwu.edu for more information. Today on Chief Influencer, we are doing something special. Over the last several weeks, we have introduced you to some incredible leaders, a diplomat, an orchestra conductor, politicians, business leaders, and more. So we wanted to pull some of the highlights of what we learned from each of these chief influencers and share them with you. We hope you enjoy this special episode of Chief Influencer. Diversity has been at the heart of APO since day one, since 2015. A majority of our artists from day one, all our guest artists have been people of color. And that's been something we've been committed to for many, many years from its inception. Because again, I believe all people need to have that voice and all people need to feel seen and represented from a stage. As a result of that, in my work with PBS, we were talking about what kind of programming to do next. And we agreed that wouldn't it be wonderful if we did a celebration of Black Broadway. And then I realized, of course, why in the world should I be conducting it? This should be conductors of color conducting this show. I am delighted to support the work of outstanding musicians. And so it was a wonderful opportunity to use the platform that APO had developed on PBS to give four guest conductors and an incredible cast of guest artists and our fabulous orchestra and college students. And we even filmed it at Howard University, of course, in HBCU. But shining the light on a community that needs to have the light shined on it. And so as a result of this work, the Today Show caught notice and actually had um, Corbin and Nova actually on the show with members of our group. And we made a Today Show appearance. And what I love about that is it provided the opportunity to shine a broader light on this community that needs more representation, it needs more focus. And by the way, not just a one-off celebration concert, but sustained for a year. And that's what I would challenge my arts colleagues to think about as we think about programming and guest musicians and guest artists. Make sure that it's a sustained approach and not just one-offs here and there. Because if we if we stick to that, we're going to build a much more inclusive and and much more, in my opinion, enriched artistic landscape. The easiest thing to do in education is to do the one size fits all. (laughs) And that honestly is what we started out doing. This one size fits all communication plan. And we quickly realized if you really do use data to analyze where you're going, you realize, okay, something's not working here. And then we started to have focus group conversations with all of those groups to ask them what it is that they needed in order 
to fully understand and for us to get our information out. And we realized then that, okay, it's not the one size fit all plan. I think it's important for people to have a sense of the ability to reach their government, to reach lovers of whatever degree of power, and to actually have an interaction there, to have a, a check-in point. To me, a big part of the value is just people knowing, hey, there's one guy in elected office, at least, who, if I have a thing I'm thinking about, I can just remember, hey, I should tune in at 7.45 p.m. for Transparency Tuesdays, and I can talk to the Iowa State Auditor and ask him a question about that. And I think that level of accessibility is honestly really important. This is, you know, the, the 3 million people in the state of Iowa here, 3.1 million. Those are my bosses. Those are people who pay taxes. They run the state and are working overseeing how those tax dollars are spent impacts their lives. So for me to be able to check in with them and for them to have a sense of the ability to check in, even if they don't use it a lot, I think that sense of the ability to do it is still important too. There had recently been a report on NPR about that gang questioning youth were four times as likely to make an attempt on their life as their peers, as straight peers. That was what motivated me to make the film. I loved that the thing I knew how to do well, which is tell stories through film, I knew that that had the capacity to reach people in a way a new story doesn't. Because film can make you feel things. It sort of bypasses when it's working. It bypasses the brain and it goes to your heart. When films work, you have a visceral reaction to them. And I thought I could capture that in this short film. If there's not a seat for you at the table, grab a chair and pull it up. And that means that you need to really make yourself heard and seen. And not everyone's going to invite you to the table, but that doesn't mean that you can't be at that table. So take your chair, have them move over and sit down and share your story. And when you get a chance to do that, people will now begin to listen. And so that's why it's real important when people say, do you have a seat at the table? Well, not everyone does, but you can bring your own chair. And I think that's so important. It's wonderful to see how the social media presence then plays into real life, if you like, sort of the three-dimensional life of people in person. And it's amazing how many people that I do meet who have looked at what I've put out there on social media and know quite a lot about what I'm working on, where I've been. And so firstly, it's a fantastic icebreaker. But secondly, it's also a terrific way to kind of sense check. Is the message getting out there about the kinds of work that we do, the support that we provide for companies? So for me, that's a great virtuous circle to be able to talk to a brand new person who feels like they know me a little bit because they knew that I was in LA or they knew that I'm a Seahawks fan. We are the people who we're looking for. It's us. There's no one else coming. We have to be the ones who are going to step up into those positions of leadership instead of just counting on other people to fill that. It's us. If we don't, who else is? And so I would just encourage people to remember to take the initiative, go be your best self, be who you are, be that well and thrive because of who you are, not despite it and not for what other people tell you you're supposed to be. The goal of the work, besides the fact that I enjoy it, and, and my greatest enjoyment comes from the widest sharing, the professional value also is, I think, 
it leads clients, it leads others to say, we want to talk to the person who created that. So for me, sharing it more widely makes it more valuable. Having a bigger quote unquote readership kind of builds the influencing power. And there's also a ton of time where I'll put something out. And just as I've tried to improve upon the work of others, I'll see others improve upon my work. With leaders, maybe in past generations, these people have incredible, incredible civic spirit. They want to drive change in their communities. But what we felt is a little bit different is that we have a moment now, Anthony, where there's a certain skepticism around what traditional structures of power can accomplish, what government can do, or what big business can do. But you have these people who, yes, are civic-minded and, yes, want to drive change, they also have incredible technological tools at their disposal. So they can do more than in the past. So they're also incredibly global-minded, right? So not only do they want to affect change across borders very quickly, they're also gathering examples and resources from potentially all over the world. So you have these people who are doing things in their communities and literally changing the world. One day I was working and Shane walked in and he said, I'm in a rehab program down the street at Women Walker Clinic and I've, I've been clean for six weeks. Will you give me a job? And I said, no. The story like ensues sort of in a funny way. I eventually started paying him because he just showed up every day and started working. And it's funny because he's like, did I bully my way into that job? I'm like, yeah, in a really good way. I needed him and he needed me, I think is what ultimately ended up happening. And Shane ended up helping a lot of other folks from the Whitman Walker program find us and in turn helped me find really great teammates. And so it, it didn't happen on purpose. It was very organic in a wonderful way. And before I knew it, people were joking that we could have, you know, an AA meeting in the plumbing department or an NA meeting in the hardware department. And most days we probably could. And then they told you your business had a nickname that you didn't even know. Yeah, I cried that day. It was really meaningful. So Mark Watson, who's one of the uh, top leaders on our team, has worked with us for 19 years now, came to me one day and he said, you know, the community calls this place Recovery Hardware. And I think I said this to you in warm up, Anthony, you can't give yourself a nickname. And I couldn't think of anything more poignant, more special to be called. And it really set us off me personally, because I wrote the book with that name on this trajectory of, should I be talking about the folks we hire? Why aren't other people doing the same thing? What other businesses in the country do similar things to us that I want to figure out how to celebrate and talk about? So it was a big moment. Instead of asking someone if they're a veteran, we ask, have you ever served? And what that does is it helps to kind of overcome that misconception or that sort of very narrow view of what people often identify. One of the challenges with that in particular for women, uh, women veterans often don't view themselves as veterans. Um, and so one of the things that we've found that it's really important to do is ask that question, have you ever served? And I would actually encourage um, anyone who is interested in reaching out to the military connected community or to the veteran community to actually ask that a little bit differently. Perhaps they're trying to offer a new benefit or they believe that there is some sort of resource that this veteran ought to take advantage of. If you ask this person, hey, have you ever served in uniform? That, that might change the answer. And so going back to the example that I mentioned, it's about 40% of women veterans uh, take advantage of one benefit, at least one benefit of, that they've earned through service. So that's a pretty low number relative to their male counterparts. 
And when you think about the impact that that has on their lives, that is not taking advantage of GI Bill benefits, potentially. That's not taking advantage of VA home loan benefits. That's not gaining access to the eligible healthcare resources that they have available to them or the compensation that comes in the form of uh, the form of a monthly um, compensation check. So that is money that is, or resources that is being denied to that individual veteran, to their family potentially, and to their community. So it is really important that we ask the question differently and that we reach veterans wherever they are. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Chief Influencer, a production of Social Driver and the Communications Board. If you know a leader who should be featured as a chief influencer, please nominate them at chiefinfluencer.org. For show notes and more, visit us at chiefinfluencer.org or follow Chief Influencer on LinkedIn. Until next time.